Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Today we have on Sam Bledsoe, super cool uh, digital artist and designer. Uh, goes by Sam Bergini on the, on the different channels. And uh, let's get right into it. How are you doing, man? Coming back from San Diego? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. I think, uh, how what were you doing out there? Just visiting? Yeah, my sister flew down there. Just a little quick family vacay. She has some little kids, some like like a three-year-old and a four-year-old. So we're just having some good, wholesome fun down there. Nice. Yeah. How, yeah. how old are you, by the way? You don't mind I'm me 34. asking. 34. Okay. Yeah. Because I, it's so weird, like just uh, kind of figuring out people online and whatnot, like especially in the creative field, a lot of people aren't like fully out like all these pictures of themselves so it's hard to even know like how old people are or anything like that definitely well i was hyped that you had me on here because i noticed like in your bio or something i saw you said like you're like i'm trying to there's there needs to be more interviews with young designers and then you mm-hmm. invited me and i was like oh he still considers me young <laughs> yeah yeah you felt flattered yeah i think the issue was um I guess what, cause I've said something of that sort multiple times. And I think what I mean by young isn't necessarily the designer, but the people that know who they are, are young because, you know, like everyone knows, like, at least that's, uh, formally taught. Everyone knows like Draplin and like Paul Rand and all these like OGs. But I know a lot yes. of the people that are just self-taught online, they have no idea who those people are. And they're just like, they're way more impressed by seeing that I got someone like that's just popular on Instagram or whatever. It's yeah, a whole different that's thing. That's interesting. That's uh, the name of the game these days. Yeah. When did you start getting into the um, like heavy airbrushing type stuff that you've been doing a lot lately? Good question. Um, I started that. I had an art show. I think it was 2018, winter 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, I'm just going to do an airbrush thing and I want to do something different for this like art show. I was just like printing out um, like sublimated uh, like prints on, on fabric and I was yeah. just framing them and I was like, I'm gonna do something totally different. And, and each piece is going to have this airbrush feel to it. And I was, I was like super nervous because my stuff before that was all kind like, of like flat. American traditional. It feels like almost some of your older stuff. Yeah. That's exactly. It was heavily tattoo inspired. It was simple. It was like wonky. It was flat. It was like very much like what was happening at that time. Yeah. With like a lot of designers. And I was, and I figured out how to do it on the iPad. And then I was like, I'm, this is like a, a scary moment for me, but I'm just gonna like, like really lean into it. And like it, at first, it wasn't that well received. Like, oh, really? The art show, like, yeah, it didn't do that well. And like, I don't know, it, it was okay, but I just stuck with it. Were you, uh, that's cool though, that you, you felt that you liked it, you know, and you're like, I'll, I'll keep doing it. Let's see where it goes. I just wanted to like switch it up because I was like, I didn't feel like the tattoo stuff was a hundred percent me. Cause like, I'm not a tattoo artist mm-hmm. and I just, I just wanted to do something different. You know, yeah. like I love, I love the, like the traditional stuff. Like I'm, I have like tons of tattoos that are like that style. Yeah. Like um, this kind of shit or whatever, bold exactly. lines and everything. 
but like part of me felt like a little bit disingenuine and that like mm. it needed to stay in the tattoo world kind of yeah that makes and sense and i didn't want to just keep on like like stealing imagery um not stealing but just like using it for graphic design purposes and then i don't know i i just kind of still do the same subject matter like skulls and stuff but just like right. a, a different style yeah because with the um you know bold line like traditional style like tattooing there's only so many like elements in like the lore or whatever you want to call it you know you got like the pinup girls the daggers the skulls the the navel shit and like that's kind of it until it and gets to heads. yeah exactly and or and very like um symmetrical you know or just cut off animal heads so it makes yeah. sense that you um felt like there could be more and you can expand on it i think the i was looking through your page and it seems like the airbrushing like you've really evolved it like it's gotten even better and better each time yes maybe that's why it wasn't well received when i first did it because the first stuff wasn't like it got better that's for yeah sure. and it's all procreate you're doing that in it's all well i started in procreate i draw everything in procreate and like I do elements, like I piecemeal them, yeah. Uh, depending on the design, and then I I bring it into Photoshop and I finish it in Photoshop. Um, in Photoshop, <laughs> I just like I'll like mess with the colors and then I'll add a grain at the very end, like a grain overlay. Yeah, kind of polish it up. It's crazy because mm -hmm. uh, the Photoshop thing, you know, you're just kind of doing the final touches. But from when I look at it, that grain is like important. It, it, I really like changes the way that it looks and it has like a nice feel to it. It really does. Grain does so much for that style. Like it like blends the colors. It adds a little speckle. It yeah. makes it look like paint splattered. It just, it's just the real, like just, it just finishes it so nicely. And everyone asks me too, like, how do you do it? And I'll tell them cause it really, it's like a, it's a one step thing that's yeah. like so easy. I just go to in Photoshop, I go to noise and then the drop down and I go to can I, I can't even think of it. I got to look at my Photoshop. I the go filter to, gallery or whatever. Oh yeah. Filter. And then I do noise, add noise on a, on a new layer. And then, um, I just go to that, the layer transparency and I put it on overlay. And then I, I put it to like 37% or something mm -hmm. around there. And uh, that's all you got to do. And yeah. you can do it to like any design that has a gradient. Like you can do a, a circle and illustrate and like add a gradient. And then like add them. I mean, there's a, a bunch of ways to add a noise. Like everyone has different ways of doing things, but right. that's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just funny stuff like that in like the design world. There's such like small things that make like insane differences like even if you'll go in at the last minute and like just hit the like hue slider to the left a little bit or like throw on like some kind of texture or just like some grittiness whatever you want to do to finish something off and it's just like holy shit like that was good now it's great you know and it's just something so simple like that exactly do you run and into the, the problem with that is sometimes i'll like a mess I'll, I'll finish a design and i'll fiddle with it for like three hours yeah and i'm just like yeah it's just like never finished mm -hmm. that's like the the kind of like curse of like when you have unlimited time i'm not saying you always have unlimited time but when you do 
you just spend more time doing small things that you would have already finished if you were on a constraint, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes you just go back to like pretty much the original yeah. that you had. Yeah. You just turn off all the layers. You're like, it looks pretty good. And then you're like, oh, I didn't even <laughs> add anything at the yeah. end of the day. Do, do you ever have problems with that style? Like if you're working on, let's say a commission or something maybe larger format where it's like, since it's not vector, it um, doesn't scale right or anything? That's a great question. I don't. And like, I've even done that style and um, recently, well, I drew it like a few years ago, but it just for the company Rip and Dip. I yeah, did, I like, saw it the other day. I was going to ask about cats, that. And then they blew it up and they didn't, I didn't even know they were going to do this. They blew it up and wrapped their whole store mm-hmm. around it. And I was nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember what resolution I did that in. Right. Yeah. And then, and I went and I saw it in person and I looked at it and I was examining it and it, it looks good. So I was yeah. surprised. Because you just gave them like the the image, right? And they just went with it. Yeah, I get why. Well, I think I did actually give them like a huge file. It was like 40 inches by 40 inches in Photoshop 300 DPI. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I saw was, it the dude, other we're day. We're really nerdy with it right now. I like it. <laughs> I just use the word DPI. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's a buzzword. Now we have to throw that into the SEO to get the the rankings. I saw the know. the um, cat thing the other day, and I was like, oh shit, that's a that's Sam's thing. And uh, from far, it looked fine. So I was one. I didn't get up to it though. I was just driving on. Uh, it's on Fairfax, right? Yep. Yeah, and because we're you're in Venice, right? Where yep. you're so do you just do all your work out of like a home, just your house studio type thing? Yeah, I was in Venice up until a month ago. Then we moved to Marina del Rey. It's mm-hmm. nice and quiet here. And yeah, I just have like an apartment. I just work out of my apartment. Yeah, it's only like, what, five miles away, but it's infinitely more grown up sounding to live there than Venice. It's actually even closer to that. I live like a mile or like less than a mile from my old apartment, but it's just like oh, night shit. and day. Yeah, once you cross that street Washington where it's just like party central and you go into Marina del Rey it's just like quiet and like yeah. peaceful it's like almost like it's Orange County or something all of a sudden it is uh but <laughs> probably better people here than Orange County yeah for sure for sure uh do you like living though kind of coastal then it seems like over there uh yeah I do I'm a, I'm originally from Seattle actually oh. and uh we I moved down here a year ago, like right before the pandemic. Um, I used to live here like six years ago. Oh, that's I'm it. Back okay. Seattle, but I lived downtown LA last time, mm. which I like too. But now, yeah, now that I live like on the water, I, I don't know if I could not. Yeah. I was downtown the other day. Um, it's weird out there right now because I was there late at night and it just feels so empty because you have these big buildings and it's like not, if it's any time past like 11 midnight, there's really no one besides people like racing their cars and shit. Like those are the only cars out on the road. Uh, that was downtown LA when I lived there. Really? Even then? Yeah. Like it's after, like at nighttime, it's, there's not much going on down there. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like very um eerie. It feels like you're in Walking Dead or something just walking around yeah, over there. Yeah. yeah. Do you, um, one thing I was reading about is, uh, the art, this, like that article, I think it was, that was written about you. Um, and it was like the headline was 
Macklemore's designer or something like that. And I was wondering if yes. you can tell me about that, like how are you connected with him and what, what that even means exactly? Of course, great question. So I, when I was living in Seattle, I, this is in like 2017, I think I wanna say. Um, I've known Macklemore since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm best, I'm really good friends with his little brother. So when we were in high school, we would throw parties at his little brother's house. Yeah. And Ma- it's Macklemore's like parents' house. And Macklemore is there. And he's like buying us drink. He's buying us alcohol. He's kicking it. He's like the cool older brother that I always looked up to. And he was yeah. always a rapper. And I just thought he was super cool and like never knew that he was going to become this like really famous rapper. Yeah. Um, but when he did become a famous rapper, he was like, he reached out to me and was like, can you design some of my merch? And I was like, hell yeah. And at this point, this is, is for his like other, like later albums. So he had already been like super famous or whatever. So it was a, it was a big deal. So I designed like his merch line for his album Gemini. And then I don't know how Seattle uh, magazine reached out to me and they're like, we want to interview you. And at this Mm -hmm. time I had just dropped my clothing line and it was in zoomies. And I kind of was like, Oh, I think they want to like interview me because of that. And like, they kind of did, but it was also like, I think to appeal to like the, the average, like Seattle reader, like if you see that magazine in in the stands, like it was, it was like the headline, right? Like, like our parents would buy it like, Oh, Macklemore's t-shirt guy, as opposed to like, so that was like the headline. Instead of it saying like Samborghini, they're going to be like, what is that? Like some random. Exactly. They don't, they don't care who Samborghini is, but (laughs) Macklemore's t-shirt guy, they're like, yep, cop that. That's such a funny, uh, like, I guess title, you know, I would just put that on stuff. Cause it's kind of ironic to just have it like Lamborghini designer, Macklemore's t-shirt guy, artist <laughs> or whatever I'm, on your LinkedIn or really some funny. shit. He's a funny ass dude. I should just, I'm going to change my, uh, IG profile after this. <laughs> so you do, um, basically then it sounds like you're still kind of in contact with him. You known him growing up and he kind of just connected with you to get you to do his stuff. Cause he was already familiar with you basically. Yeah, like he followed me just like because we're friends. And then once I started getting better at graphic design, then he reached out to me because he's followed mm-hmm. me forever. But he didn't want to use me because I I was not very good at the beginning. He was just like, and then, like we, we went out to lunch and he was like, all right, I want you to do my stuff. And then like we were going over my stuff, my design. And I was like, I'm glad you reached out to me now. And he was just like, yeah, because you got better. Like he just yeah. like said it right there it's funny because um you would think you know younger you maybe would have kind of thought weird about that like you know oh i wish i could have worked with him already but it's so much better probably that it happened that way because now that's going to be that's seen by so many people you're probably glad it happened after you were a lot better and he didn't just give you the job because exactly because when you're on like that big of a platform and a level like there's a lot of eyeballs on it yeah. and you don't want to be putting out anything that you're going to regret later. Like even the stuff that I did for that album, I look back at and I'm like, Ooh, I could draw that so much better now. Yeah. I think that's how it always is though. You know, it, it, 
I talked about this with other people. It's such a good pro. It's a good problem to have that you think your old stuff sucks because that means you're getting better. You're not the same. Dude, I I agree with you, and I think it's interesting and weird because I always compare. I don't know why I compare graphic designers to rappers, and rappers' albums, arguably their first album is typically their best album, right? Mm-hmm. And they're always like just yeah. This, the and there's the sophomore curse and all that. They get they like they kind of fall off after that. But graphic designers are like the opposite. Our first stuff is like not that good. And we just kept getting better and better and better. Like every designer, I don't ever look at a designer yeah. and I'm like, you're not, nah, I don't like this new stuff. I'm like, nah, I like all this new stuff. Yeah. No designers like drop like Illmatic or anything. You know, it takes a while <laughs> for us to figure it out. Yeah. But Nas is like the opposite of a designer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I I think, it, I guess the only way I could see that happening and it's not even, um, oh, this person objectively got worse. It's just they maybe they switched it up. For example, like someone being like, oh, I miss Sam's American traditional style stuff. That's like, that's just preference though, not how good you are at it. That's true. There probably is a big handful of people out there that miss the old stuff. How is it working with um, all these different, because I know you have your own brand, but you work with a lot of different clothing brands that are in like retailers too as well, right? Like collabs? Yep. How is that stuff? Like, is it, is it, um, do they reach out to you and they know kind of what they want? They want you to bring your kind of style or do they have something in mind usually? Usually, yeah, they reach out and usually they're like, we want there's everyone just wants airbrush pretty much so like we yeah. want the airbrush um usually it's like the more like realistic type of airbrush because because i kind of have when it comes to airbrush i kind of have two different styles i have like like a kind of like the gangster like where it looks like i it's like kind of wonky and like it's like has the black outline and it's not like photorealistic or not whatever very farm style that's what i think it looks like like fools that would do it at the amusement yeah. parks, but in a better way. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I have that style, which I love to do. Cause that style is just me like fucking around, like messing around on the iPad, mm-hmm. like just, just draw, just going for it. Not like looking at a reference, but yeah, usually they just DM me. They'll be like, Hey, we want this. And, um, I don't, I don't really take on freelance unless it's like the, like some big, like huge company or something. Um, so yeah, I say no to everyone. I get like a lot of, I get a lot of DMS like for, mm. um, freelance, which is like a, a blessing, but like, I don't do freelance just cause I have a full-time job uh, in addition to doing Samborghini. I work for universal, universal music group. Mm. So I just don't have time to do freelance. So I just like say no to everyone and I feel really bad, but if it's like an, like a Nike or something like you can't say no to that. Yeah. You just got to do it. But yeah. <laughs> I just had to sneak that in there for you. But, um, but it's, but it's fun, but like to, to keep going on with your question, they get what I like about the freelance stuff when it's a client that's like really big. Um, I like it cause they give me the creative direction and then I don't have to do that part. Like the thinking part. Yeah. Cause like coming up with mm-hmm. your own, designs like my Samborghini stuff it's a lot of thinking which is fun like I love doing my own stuff but when say like like Chinatown Market reaches out to me Mike Sherman will just be like hey 
we want this. And like, he is an amazing creative director. He is like super, he's just a creative like genius mm -hmm. pretty much. So anytime I can work with him and he gives me my ideas and I get to, I get to make come to life, like that's amazing. And like, it's fun to collaborate like that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think people think from the outside looking in a designer wants to always be able to do whatever they want, but that becomes some of the hardest tasks sometimes if there's, it's just like when they, yeah, the creative direction can be a hindrance, but only if it's bad, if they have it figured out and it's dope, then it's nice to just come in and execute, you know? Typically the, the people that I work with, it'll be like a streetwear brand or like, they all, they have good creative direction. Like the bad creative direction is when it comes from like a client who isn't creative. Like if, you, if you're doing uh like design work for say someone who's like a, like a, a landscaper or something. Yeah. And they're like, we want this. It's like, okay, well you're, the landscaper, t I mean, maybe the landscaper is going to have some fire creative direction, but <laughs> most likely probably not. Yeah. And then you have to like go through all the like things of, just getting the brand strategy or whatever figured out before you can even start designing and explaining to them like why this won't work. And like, cause I have, you know, a landscape's kind of a good, good example because I've had a logo people coming to me for a logo and they, they're like, so it's a family business. So we want the family in it. Uh, it has to have like six lawn mowers, you know, we want all the trees and we want yes. the finished house also like in the logo. And you're like, oh, okay. I mean, but they want too much. And, and exactly. They're like, we want the six people to represent this and each tree will have six leaves. And like, it's like, <laughs> all right, like this is a logo here. We can't fit all of this in this logo. Yeah. And then they want to fit it on like the little business cards, you know, that they give out at the, like landscaping <laughs> convention or whatever they would be at. Yes, of course. Um, Chinatown market. I feel like that would, that's such a dope like person to work with. The stuff you did with them is super cool. And they're always just putting out crazy stuff. And I like that you said they have good creative direction because not only that, they're like so smart online, the way they market on like Twitter and like just the way they joke and like, they're just so they relevant. They know how to speak to the youth. And the funny thing about Chinatown Market is that Mike Sherman doesn't know this. Is um, like four years ago, before I was ready for like on the level to be working with them, I yeah. DM'd and was like, hey, can I, can I do a design for you? Like, I'd love to collab, <laughs> like super nerdy style. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, no, I'm not looking for collabs right now. And I was like, okay, okay cool. And then like, f like a couple years later, he DM'd me and didn't see my old DMs and was like, Hey, can you like do something for us? And, uh, so it's just funny how that works that he reached back out and then doesn't know that he rejected me like a few years before. Yeah. I've had a similar situations happen on Instagram and I always wonder, do they look up and see like what I hit them up in 2016 asking for advice and now they're hitting me up as like a peer. Cause I hope they don't see that anymore because this would be awkward. Yeah, that's true. It's a great feeling though, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool when like, uh, um, especially with doing YouTube and, and stuff and just being like, I don't know, like out more in terms of like the producing more content and just trying to build like networks. It's cool to get like the just something as simple as like the follow back from someone that you followed for so long and like looked up to because then it's like, it doesn't matter, but it matters like in theory because they're just like, I see who you are, you know, and that's just like a cool feeling. 
Yeah, it's great. And then also it motivates you. Well, it motivates me personally. If I have one of my design heroes follow me, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I have to bring like top notch mm -hmm. designs. I can't lack, I can't put anything out that's like, I wouldn't want this person to be disappointed by. Yeah, that, that's intimidating, but that is a good way to put it to ensure that you're not putting out nothing whack. What, who, who did you like working with out of all those different companies you collabed with? Like, what was your favorite? Mm, I will say Rip and Dip's really easy to work with because he approves the designs first try. He's just like, yep, no, no corrections. Like that's, that's dope. That's good to go. Um, damn. I mean, probably, probably Chinatown market because he does like the Mike Tyson collab that I got to do, which is so cool. And he, uh, Mike Sherman had really good creative direction and he kind of just lets me kind of also do like whatever I want to do. And I mean, that's just like an insane collab. And then after it gets produced, then like Mike Tyson's like wearing the shirt, which is just mm. kind of insane. Yeah, that's unreal. Um, so yeah, probably chinatown yeah that's they're changing their name actually i know i don't know if like it's like illegal for me to say that now or anything but they, i saw they well, put yeah, that tweet I, out they did the right thing and like now all the stuff that is being we just had uh a erica badu collab come out that i did mm -hmm. for them and uh, i did the design and all the money is like going to uh like a china actual new york chinatown foundation so yeah like they I feel like they've they're doing their part. Yeah, I think it's cool that they're doing that and I feel like it, it's it's just kind of like a extra measure, but I also think that it doesn't seem like they had any like ill intentions to begin with, you know. I just think now they want to just be extra safe with all like the bad shit going on. They don't want to be involved with anything negative yeah. in a way. Absolutely. Um that must have been pretty sick, though, seeing Mike Tyson with the shirt. Like, that would have blew my mind just going online and seeing that or however you saw it. Yeah, it was just online. It was crazy. He's actually worn my designs before, but it was way less cool because it was... Um, I used to work for Tommy Bahama, and he was oh, yeah. wearing a Tommy Bahama shirt. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that, like, th that was tight, but seeing him wear... A Mike Tyson shirt I designed for Chinatown Market. I was a little bit cooler. The I saw the I saw something. I was looking at your stuff about about Tommy Bahama. It was that like a client of yours, or you actually worked there as like a designer? I worked there in Seattle full time, and uh, it was surprisingly like the most amazing job and learning experience because they they have a whole art department, not just graphic designers. They have a whole department of classically trained painters that are in there all day just painting tropical leaves with like gouache and watercolor right. and like all these different techniques like they're doing like dyeing and stuff and so i was on that team and um they taught me how to like paint with gouache and and watercolor and it was just that's it was super fun the, those shirts are fucking comfy too like those big boys you just throw one of those on your set they are. I'm waiting for the day where like Tommy Bahama is having a moment in fashion where like rappers have are starting to wear it. And it's like a thing like, oh, because because they're they're well made. They're super comfy. 
like some of them do look pretty fresh yeah and they're expensive they are expensive and i think that it's funny because they used to get i don't know about you maybe now still but when i was younger everyone was like that's for dads you know and whatnot but i was like i always thought like yeah they are but if you're gonna wear a hawaiian shirt get some good shit like that because you could actually tell the difference between that and like something from walmart or whatever oh yeah Definitely. You, you know the deal. You get them in, in like the th- when you're thrifting and you go through. Yeah, with the wooden buttons and shit sometimes. Yes. Yeah, that shit's nice. They're actually made out of coconut shells. Oh, really? Were you, were yeah. you guys, were you in the lab doing that too? When you worked there? <laughs> no, I wish. Just, yeah, all, there's a lot of coconuts in Seattle, I bet. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> random that Tommy Bahama's based out of Seattle. Yeah, it's so not like, I guess, tropical or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, not at all. Why did you move down here? What was, I guess, why the first time? And then what made you go back and then come back? So what happened was I was working at Tommy Bahama and I started Samborghini and that got picked up by Zoomies and Dolls Kill and it was like taking off. So Mm -hmm. I quit my job at Tommy Bahama to just do Samborghini and freelance. And I did that for a year. And during that year, I started freelancing for Universal Music Group. And then, um, yeah, a year ago, they were just like, okay, well, and I was doing like a lot of freelance and like invoicing them was becoming kind of a pain in the ass. They have like this portal that you have to like, Mm. in like, well, it's real corporate, right? So it's like, yeah. And, uh, but I loved the, like all the work that they were giving me and they're like, do you want a full-time job in LA? And my wife was like down to move back to LA because we love it here. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, well, I could still do both. It's like a lot of work, but I work like 14 hours a day anyway. So whatever. So, um, I took the job and moved down here and was working out of the universal music group office for a month. And then the pandemic hit and then I've just been holding down the same job still, but we work from home now. And, uh, what kind of stuff do you do with them? Um, I work for, I do the music merch. So I design t-shirts. That's like the main thing oh, I see. for all of their artists. So like I'm wearing one right now. This is an Anderson Pac one that I did. Oh, that's sick. Oh, for the that's video ha- game shit. Yeah. He did like the, um, uh, Fortnite. Can't even lift it up. Yeah. Um, that type. He did a Fortnite. I like that type. That shit's cool. Concert. Yeah. I forget the name of this font. It's a really dope one. So yeah, I work, I do stuff for all their artists. Like I wish it. So like the list is so long, but anywhere, anywhere from Rolling Stones to Katy Perry to like their like heritage artists. So like Tupac and Bob Marley, um, Elton John and then, and then like new artists like Doja Cat. Um, and there's just so many. What's cool about that is like, um, you get to just do your thing, t-shirt design and whatnot, but Universal plugs you with the platform or whatever, you know, by getting those clients. And are you able to, um, I guess, online be like, I made this? Or is it like kind of part of their Universal thing? We No, we are. And I, I don't post everything that I do. I only, because I work for all the artists. So like if I'm doing Rolling Stones, I have to do like a certain style, right? Or like yeah. Elton John, I can't. I can't do like a Elton John, like gangster airbrush, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could. That'd be, be sick though. Cool. Um, so like, I don't post that stuff, but if I want to post something, I can. 
they just don't want me to tag the artist. Oh, I see. Because um, it's kind of like we made it, not you. Like according to the artist, like side of things and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And I try not to be like, I made this. Like because it is like a collaborative effort. Like yeah, I have a creative director who gives me direction and mm. and like a lot of team members that work on like the actual like clothing line, like the the designing of actual garments. Um, so I'll just like, I'll post like the airbrush stuff if I do it, like if it's in my style. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, it's crazy to hear all these people that, you know, from the outside looking in, you, you have a pretty good thing going for yourself and I wouldn't expect you to be also working that full-time job like that. Yeah. Cause the side has the side gotten like I guess technically it seems like your other stuff probably would, you would be fine with it, but you just like doing the both jobs pretty much. Yeah. I just like doing it because you, I just get such cool projects and like, they just keep coming in and yeah. And like I said, like the invoicing thing was just such a pain in the ass and yeah, I like it. I mean, it's a grind for sure, but now that we work from home, like I have a few extra hours a day to, freelance at night because i'm not like commuting you know mm-hmm. so i get just, off work and I'm huge. Like, oh, here i am by the computer let's work on some current club stuff yeah i always uh was talking to like some of my friends and it's the working from home thing is uh interesting because i'll get off my full-time job and like it's like okay and then i just move like to a different tab or whatever you know and i'm just still in the same seat and everything yeah you know how it is i mean it sucks for a lot of people, but for graphic designers, I feel like, I don't know, we kind of got a good deal over here. Yeah. the Yeah. It, it, I don't like to be like out here, like being all happy because people are in unfortunate situations, but this past year, exactly. other than other things going on around me, purely objectively speaking, my graphic design career definitely benefited just from being here at home and everything. And that I used to work in Long Beach and that's, and I would drive from, I used to live in uh, San Dimas, which is like Covina, Pomona, like that area, San Gabriel yep. Valley or whatever. And then I'd, it'd take like an hour and a half each way. And it's just like three hours a day of, you can't even do anything when you're in traffic either. It's not like you can, I guess you could listen to books and shit, but I don't really do that. So yeah, you can't draw, you can't work on this. You can't work on that. Yeah, and I and I was I had a stick then too, so that shit fucking sucked. I still do, but I mean, driving an hour and a half with no AC with the stick shift, like you don't even want to try to think about anything I can only creative. Imagine. I don't know how to drive stick shift. Really? Yeah, no. it's cool. No, I think it's like some people are like super elitist about it, but I think whatever you want, you know. But I do definitely it has a cool feeling to it. It feels a uh, because you know everything now is getting more and more away from like you doing it. So it's mm-hmm. nice to have something that like you feel like you just control all the levers and shit, you know, it feels very like mechanical. I'm sure I'll learn someday. Yeah. You just got to get like a piece of shit, like Camry or something. Cause you're going to fuck it up bad. Don't buy like a nice car before you know how to do it. Okay. That's like the <laughs> o- obvious strategy. Cause I knew some no, people they'd get like some rich kids, they'd get like a brand new, like M3 or something from their parents and they just blow the clutch out instantly. Yep. Right. What you were saying, um, with the current club stuff, how did you like, 
I guess, how did you get into that pretty much? And then who is the, can you tell me a little bit about the guy you work with with that? Yeah. So Kern Club started because, well, I got into making fonts because my, I would always draw in a sketchbook when I was traveling with my wife mm-hmm. and I would just draw letters. Like I do hand lettering. Yeah. Um, I've been good at hand lettering for a while. Like I've been drawing letters since I was in high school because I was a little shithead and I wrote graffiti in high school. Yeah. So like that's all I've been doing is drawing letters. And she was like, you should make fonts. Like these are really good. And I was like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know how to make a font. Like I'd love to make a font and I researched it and couldn't really figure it out. And then Dustin, my business partner um, on Instagram, he's at don't really care with three L's. Um, he, posted a font that he made and then I DM'd him and I was like, dude, that's hella sick. I want to start making fonts. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to start a a font foundry. And he was like, I'm going to call it, um, Portland type co or something. And I was like, what's your phone number? I'm going to give you a call real quick. And then he, (laughs) he, I called him and I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, I think we should make fonts together. And I think we should, like, I had a name and everything. I was like, I think we should call it Kern club. And he was down. Like, I didn't even know him. Like, we just were, like, Instagram buddies, you know? And I was a fan of him and a fan of his work because he works for Lincoln Design Co. And they're, like, oh, they were, shit. like, yeah. my uh, favorite, um, like, design agency just because the, the stuff they do is just yeah, so good. Yeah, they're really, really good. So I was just, like, oh, damn, this guy is down to work with me. This is kind of crazy. So yeah, then we just made one font together. Um, it was called Rattle Hand, and we put it out. And uh, and then we just, yeah, just it all started like that. Like it was super organic and just fun. That's sick. Yeah. So basically, you kind of do the original designs and and get them kind of all fixed up, and then he does like the actual vectorizing and puts it into glyphs and all that, and kerns it and everything. So I draw like a lot of the fonts and then he kerns all of them. Like he puts it into the program and like he spends like 18 hours each one, like kerning each letter pairing, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and like I, he, like he enjoys it. He says it's like meditation for him and he's good at it. Um, but he does, he designs his own fonts too. He okay. designed uh, Monroe and Monroe Serif, which are like really he does like really clean, like perfect, um, like, like the, like where the Beziers are perfect. And like, yeah. um, but he also, he does some hand drawn ones too. Um, trying to think of what he did. He did simple sands, which is kind of like a, it's a, it's, it's almost like a, like a thick Futura, but it looks hand done kind of. Yeah. And it's like, has a style, but yeah, he can, he can do it all. That's a good um, like connection that you made there because it sounds like you didn't want to be doing all the other, like that part of it, you know, the kerning every letter and whatnot. Well, I know he taught me how to do it and I did it for like a couple fonts, but then like, I don't know how, it's just like somehow when you're in like a business relationship, you guys, you just kind of like mold into your little positions and like mm. it just happened that way. Yeah. And yeah. I, I watched the video on it, like your um, Chinatown market, like the what do they call it? Like the lab or something or whatever they call um, that. And you were uh, a, 
blueprint and you were like, yo, yeah, I got the new, like, here's the new design. And I didn't really even know that, that you had to, it makes sense now that you have to figure out the relationship between each letter. But he was like, yeah, I go A through Z and they were like, and then you're, and then it's, that's it. And then he's like, no. And then I go B through A through Z and C through A through Z. Yeah. That it's a lot. Nuts. And then that, that, that font was just a uh, uppercase. And then if you have lowercase and you have to do the same all over yeah. again with the lowercase. I really like that one you guys did though for that with the um, kind of bodega stuff. It looks so yeah, cool that- with the, um, with, you see it on the side of those coolers, like the ice and shit and like the slushy type like fonts definitely i love that stuff what what do you like um like what i guess what font do you like that you guys have made which one do you like the most so are you able to even choose oh yeah um okay well i really do like simple sans the one that he created because it's so diverse like when making fonts i'm realizing that the reason why simple fonts are so popular is because you can use them a lot for it. Yeah. Like they look good. They look good blown up big as a headline. It looks good small for like a little like infographic, like body copy or something. Right. Um, so like that one, it's just, and it looks good on every design pretty much. So like, that's the first one that comes to mind. But as far as like a more display type one, I did one recently called Thumper. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like a cross between Cooper black and tango um if you know tango you'd recognize tango it's like it's everywhere but it's just like a thick ass tango and uh, i made for that one i made like alternate glyphs for each uppercase so they have little swashes coming off of them yeah but it's just it's it's cute it's fun it's bold i really like the way you guys have set up the like i guess that you could call it like the brand like branding of the business and do you do like all those little vector illustrations? You guys both do all that stuff too, right? For it to kind of supplement the fonts yeah, and everything. Yeah, so the way that actually worked too was also like another organic thing. Like we did our first font and then I made a like Instagram post and I randomly just picked yellow and that weird blue yeah. turquoise and a red and then did it. And then he, and he was like, oh, I like those colors. He did he did design in those colors then he designed the website and he just did it in those three colors. Yeah. And then from there we just said, we were like, we're not going to use any other colors except for these three colors in white and black and just ran with it. And it's just like a good, easy way to like really nail in your brand image, mm-hmm. especially like when starting a new account. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. But yeah. He, he designs like half of the, the spec, the tech, or just like the Instagram post and then I design the other half. So he draws some and I draw some. That's cool. Yeah. And I like the, the colors as well. It's kind of almost like, like a, it reminds me of like a type of clown color palette or something. Like it's oh, like a weird, a weird primary color, like alteration. Yeah. It's like, I was kind of inspired by like vintage sign paintery stuff. Like they always use that turquoise for yeah. some other reason. Cause one shot comes with that turquoise and then red and then yellow like one shot colors but it does have like that circusy feel and then we love to do the thing where we do each letter a different color yeah and so it then it looks extra circusy yeah that's cool because like 
in that stuff, I think the Kern Club stuff is a lot more reminiscent of like what you said was like your older style or whatever for Lamborghini. Yes, that's what, how I can get back to my roots because I I still do love drawing like that way and like it because I I always will love like traditional looking like graphic design where it's just mm-hmm. it's just flat and like bold and simple and gets a message across. So that stuff is, it's really fun to draw. Yeah. And um, speaking of like that, I, I don't think I really asked you this, but what made you want to start like the Lamborghini in the first place? Cause obviously you were a working designer, but that's like a pretty ambitious, you know, pursuit and a lot of people do it and a lot of people can't really do it that well. Like it's hard to get into the clothing or like merch design game like that. Did you just, um, did you just like, were you already working with those other companies and you thought like, Oh, I want to make my own shit or did it, was that the other mm-hmm. way around more? No, I hadn't worked with um, anyone in the streetwear game like that. Um, mm. I, the reason I started it was because I had like an Instagram account going and I just changed my name to Lamborghini, mm-hmm. and I started doing these like little Instagram comics, if you will. Like I would draw um, like a Drake lyric. Like one of my first ones was, my side chick got a 5S with the screen cracked mm-hmm. and I drew like a little pinup girl like standing on a cracked iPhone. And then also right around that time and like, and it got like more likes than I had ever gotten on Instagram. So I was like, Hmm, this feels kind of nice. I like this. Yeah. So I kept on drawing them. And then when I was at Tony Bahama one day, they had a meeting with us and they pulled us in and they're like, Hey, like you guys can't post uh, like process shots on your Instagram um because i was doing that at the time i was like painting and i was like posting and so they pulled us in and they kind of slapped us on the wrist and they were like you can't do that you can only post uh final product images that come out in stores when you're designing for a clothing brand like that they don't come out for two years so i was like well i don't have any art to post for two years and i'm trying to grow myself as an artist and like build a name and so i was like i'm well and so it kind of lit a fire under my ass to keep on drawing these comics and whatnot. And then at the time, I was just like, fuck it, let's put these on some shirts and see how it goes. So I started a print full account, you know, like that t-shirt website. DT, I, DTG shit or DTC, whatever. Direct to garment. Yeah. Um, super trash, but a great way to start <laughs> a clothing brand. And uh, just printed some out, um, shot a lookbook, put them on the website. And it got a nice response from like the local Seattle area. Like people were buying them and, and I would go to like art flea markets and I would set up a little pop up and sell them there. And people liked them. That's cool, Um, man. I mean, it's came a, it's came a long way from, from that, obviously. What's kind of your operation looking like nowadays with running that whole company is everything you have like a big team or is it all still just you in terms of distribution and everything? It's just me and my wife and we run our like Samborghini.com here mm-hmm. and I just like run the website. She helps me with every, my, my wife's also a graphic designer, which comes oh, cool. like really in handy. So when it comes to like um, product shots and things like that, like she sets up the Shopify. That's and, dope. Like, yeah, it's amazing. And um, she ships everything out for us. And then I just have wholesale accounts. So I like my main wholesale account is Zoomy. So I just put together a line sheet 
And then I just email my buyer at Zoomies and, and I just, whatever he picks up, I just send to my printer, which is like around here in LA and it just ship them to Zoomies and do it like that. That's dope. Yeah. So it was Zoomies like the kind of big, um, retailer that you first got in at with all that stuff. They are. And the, the way that that happened <clears throat> is I'm going to answer that. Cause everyone always asks me anytime I do like an Instagram, like questions, uh-huh. there's always like five people like, how'd you get into zoomies? I went into my local skate shop, 35th North, and I was selling them some t-shirts in, in Seattle. Seattle. Like, okay. Yeah. And they were like, you should get into Zoomies. And do you know Sean C? And he was this guy who works at Zoomies. <clears throat> he's kind of oh, okay. like, he's like a middleman between like brands and like the buyers. A uh, broker like, no. or whatever. And I looked him up on <clears throat> Instagram and he followed me. I was like, oh shit, oh, he follows me. So then I DM'd him and I was like, hey, do you think um, Zoomies carry San Bergini? And he was like, probably like we, we carry brands that are kind of similar to this. And then he gave me the contact to the buyer and I, I made a line sheet and knew how to make a line sheet because I had already worked for streetwear brand before Tommy Bahama mm-hmm. and uh, just sent it in and they they picked up a couple styles and when they pick up your brand, you want to make sure that you're ready to be in the store and that your designs, like people are going to buy them because you only get one shot because when they do, when they pick up your brand, they do a test run. They pick up like 300 shirts and they they ship them to different places in okay. the U.S. Those sell out within like a month or two. Then they give you your second chance. But if they don't and they just like sit there, if your designs aren't up to par, then then that's it. That's pretty long too. Like. Uh... That's like a, it's not super crazy. Um, if those are like the exact numbers, like if your designs are good, you should be able to sell that many in two months in all those stores and whatnot. It's, it's somewhere around there. Like if you're like, that's just like a, a guesstimate number, but yeah. So I'm guessing then you did well the first round try and they were like, they did well, but, but also I will say that like part of the reason that they did well is because I purposely did shirts that were that had like other uh meaning attached to it besides just like throwing samborghini on it like they were like rap lyrics so like that were popular at that time uh, which i wouldn't do now because like i work in the, the music industry and mm. i can't step on toes like that and i don't want like a, a cease and desist but it it worked for for me at the time like some of them had um like one of the shirts said m's in my bank account like the 21 savage yeah so that's really like, it's funny hearing you say that one and then the Drake one, because it's like really giving you like a frame of reference of the time, you know, oh, yeah. the 5S. You know, you know what year it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also now that your company is uh, larger, you you can um, have probably a shirt that's like Samborghini, you know, because I think that's the issue I see a lot of these people run into when starting streetwear companies or clothing companies, whatever. They just put like their logo on it. It's like no one gives a fuck who you are yet. You have to do some cool shit first before you can just be like, here's our logo to your our basics or whatever. You get it. And a lot of people that DM me, they're like, how do I get into Zoomies? And I look at their stuff and I'm like, this isn't this isn't going to sell well because it's just like some random logo and like some random name that like it's a, and I'm just like, you're not ready. But I don't I, don't, I can't tell these people that. Right. I'm not like, you're not ready. I'm just like, 
Uh, I don't even know what I tell them. Yeah, uh, it's you, probably nothing, right? Sometimes just. Uh, no, I always respond because Gary V told me to respond to every DM. Yeah, I, I, I wish you would I, never I even, told me that though. I don't even get like DMs like that yet, and I still feel like sometimes I'm like, I could um, I can only imagine if I was like even once, if or once I get even more popular online, like it already feels hard to respond to like even five people a day. You know, I can't imagine when those people that get thousands of dms every day just trying to sort you must have to like sit down a specific day just to look at it yeah fortunately i'm not there yet i get like i don't know 20 a day and it's manageable right yeah that's that's cool though like um that people come to you for that because it shows that um you they think and you do have like a successful clothing company and they just want to know how do we get it started pretty much um yeah it's funny that I can. It's funny, like we were talking about, you know, how you can't just have your logo and but it's crazy how on the other side of things, when your company gets so popular, people want like just the logo because it's like a flex, oh, you yeah. know, like you want just the box logo or you want just the bait pad, not like the crazy designs and shit like that. Yes, you want it to say whatever brand is popular at the time. Yeah. It's weird that it works that way. But that's but it's great that way. Like I wish that I could just sell a Lamborghini shirt that was just that, because then you don't have to like sit and think like about these like crazy like gimmicky or like not gimmicky but like clever like jokes or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it and then you once you get to that point, you know, the logo can just be worked infinitely into different things. You know, someone like a like FTP or like fucking awesome. Like they basically just have different colors of their logos everywhere and they can just sell the shirt like right when it comes out because they've already, you know, figured out the formula or whatever. And on yeah, the other hand, notes on that. you have to you know, have airbrush everything. Oh, you don't? Not really. Like I have gone through, I have like two that I've used or maybe like three, but like I really want to nail down a simple symbol. Like, like the Carhartt logo on your hat. Yeah. Um, but, it, and I have like a whole page full of ones that I've designed, but I don't like any of them enough to, to really sit on. And I'm like questioning, I'm like, should I just pay like a Clark or, or something to do yeah. it? Which would be weird. Cause like I'm a designer and the name Lamborghini, but I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, it's such a weird feeling. Um, being a designer, you, you it's like a, insecurity to like reach out to someone for a different expertise even though they're obviously way better at that specific thing than you are like i'm not good at illustrating i would definitely want someone like you to do something airbrush but i'd feel like aren't i supposed to know how to make it though or something dude i guess you're right i should just reach out to him yeah but then you gotta pay for it you know so that's i feel like we're all just like well i'll just try it myself but then if i can sell that logo over and over again it's so far when you work have a, uh, speaking of Clark or I'd like to make a breaking news announcement <laughs> we have a Clark or font coming out for current club oh that's dope hell yeah and or then like, is that like uh this will what do you know when that's coming out because I'm trying to figure out when week. okay this Wait, no 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 sorry two weeks from now two weeks from now this will probably come out like it'll probably be like pretty parallel then so that's yeah, perfect yeah. so like may May. Hell yeah, cool. So if it's already out, go check it out. And if it's not out yet, go uh, 
follow him and wait and see when it's going to come out. When did you get the Samborghini name? And like, obviously it's, it's a play on, uh, Ferrari, but when did you come up with that? Um, I came up with it in 2017 or something. Like I came up with it when I was like, my video game name was Samborg when I like played Counter-Strike in high school. Yeah. So I just like kind of extended it like later and like, then when I when I came out with the clothing brand, I had I had my um I had two names for the clothing brand. Yeah. I was either gonna name it um it was either gonna be called After Laughter or After the Laughter, um or Samborghini. And I asked all my friends, I was like, should I name it After Laughter or should I name it Samborghini? And everyone said Samborghini because I felt weird about it calling it something that's like attached to my name. Mm-hmm. Like that's some weird like narcissistic shit, and I didn't want to be on that. But I, everyone agreed, so I was like, "Fuck it, Samborghini it is." And I kind of liked it because that time I was doing like bootleggy stuff, um, and Samborghini like seemed like like a bootleg like Gucci or something. Right, and it's already a play it on, sounds, the, it on, sounds the, the time, on the Lamborghini. But it's like not, what was that? Sorry, I was just saying it, it's already a play on like Lamborghini, obviously. So like it, it makes sense to go with like the parody or like bootlegging culture that you were trying to design in. Exactly. What was the, what is like, I guess after laughter, what does that even mean? Why did you, why were you thinking of calling it that? Because do you know the song that's like after laughter comes tears? Get sampled so much in rap. It's like Probably. after laughter comes tears it's like a wu-tang song okay i just love that song like so much and i was like that's sick like after laughter comes tears and i made an assumption that other people would like pick up on the reference which was clearly not a good <laughs> assumption yeah um so yeah but i if i do decide to do another brand that is like much more simple or something than what i do now i still might call it after laughter yeah, like maybe some more like basics or like cut and sew shit or something of that sort. Exactly. And then it'll make sense because Samborghini, like a lot of it's like kind of funny. And so like after laughter is like, uh, ah, this is serious. After the laughter. See, I think those people were doing you a big favor in the long term in hindsight when they, you asked them all their opinions on it. Definitely. I asked uh, my friends for their opinions all the time. What's cool about Samborghini too is that's so like cryptic and just like random that you, your designs don't have to like correspond with the word Samborghini. It can just be like whatever because it's already whatever in a way. Yep. So that's cool. And what, um, like, I guess I asked you who you worked with, but on your own stuff, like, what are you most proud of that you put out with your own brand? Like, what design or what collection? Hmm. Probably recently I did, I call it Samborghini chapter one. And that is when I finally got off um, Printful and I started, my own site was like printing like really nice screen printed yeah. garments on um, comfort color shirts. Yeah. And like those designs, I spent like a lot of time thinking about and they were like really, um, I don't know, like 3D looking and they're like very polished. And is that loud. snake and, one part of that like collection? Uh, that it was a panther and it was uh, a dog, like the 3D barking dog, where it's like oh yeah, yeah, that like, one's that, sick. That design 
is like one of my favorite designs that I've done um, ever. And like the whole collection looked very cohesive and um, it was really fun to do. And yeah, that was, and like from here on out, that, that, that collection kind of like is going to guide like where the brand's going to go. Like I Damn. want it to be a little bit nicer. I want it to be more thought out. I want it to be <clears throat> less me just like, I don't know, like whipping up a design in one night and like put like putting it on Printful and selling mm -hmm. it on my website. Yeah, and you have the uh, you have the I think following now and stuff where you don't have to be insecure about how much you can print. Like you you don't have to do Printful, you know, because you you already know people want it. And like I want I've been when I've wanted to do stuff like that in the past. It's 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 easy to want to use Printful because there's no real risk, you know. But yeah, I've I talked to I about. I think it's good for people if they're just selling like a few shirts and if the shirt is like a novelty item, yeah, you know, like I think, I think it's a good way to start out. Mm -hmm. It just sucks. Cause I, I've talked about this with a few other guests as designers. Like we really want to be able to do like the quality control and everything. And you don't, you have no idea what's going to really happen when that stuff goes out. This is true. And then like the other thing about Printful is the shipping. Like sometimes it would take, a month and a half for them to ship it Damn. and then people are emailing you they're like where's my shirt and, and you don't know where their shirt is yeah like, i don't know so you have to like make something up you're like um the warehouse is packed up and i feel like it's almost taboo or something to be like i don't know it's not even through me like you want it to feel like oh yeah. you, you sent it directly to them and, and whatnot even if it is printful people want it from you and i and i actually learned that from boss dog he was like I think people really like that they know that it's coming straight from yeah. me and it's like a personal touch and it's like has much more of like a, like a artist feel to it and people like that and I get it. Yeah, definitely. And I think I, I've, you spoke about the comfort colors. That's like, I've been hearing that around a lot lately. Like people really like those blanks. They're the go-to like for like small streetwear brands like myself. It's funny because a lot of them like try to keep it a secret. They're like, don't tell anyone what you're using, dog. Because they like, I, who knows? They want to be the only ones using comfort colors. Yeah. But everybody, comfort colors is the go-to and like, it shouldn't be a secret. They're hella soft. And I get a lot of compliments from people. They're like, that's the softest shirt I've ever had. And the funny thing about comfort, comfort colors is it's made by Gildan. Yeah. I know it's, it's such a weird thing, like just how all those little sub companies all just owned by one big thing. And it's crazy that the companies like just way bigger than Lamborghini, like they still will use like shittier quality. Like that's the kind of stuff that pisses me off when people don't care about, like they know that they can do it shittily. So they do, they have no like integrity about it. Yeah. It's disappointing. But I mean, as long as you're doing it, you know, then we have someone out there holding it down and trying to get the shit to be real soft. Cause it must feel good. You know, when you're putting all that work, you're doing those, like you do like a handwritten note and whatnot. And then someone actually, it, it actually is an investment that comes back to you. And someone says, yo, I told all my friends or whatever, like this shit's fucking sick. It's fire. Like it's so good. So soft. That's a great feeling. What do you have? Um, I guess actually before I get into that, well, I was going to ask you what you have, uh, planned up, but one thing I wanted to ask you that was kind of like, off topic but i saw it just going through your page like did you work like in the adult industry or something like that yes yes so 
I was I mentioned before that I worked for a streetwear brand. That's what uh, it was. Before Tommy Bahama in 2011. Okay, well, pretty much when I when I got out of college, I couldn't get a job for the life of me anywhere, and I was just looking for an internship. Yeah. All, all around Seattle, I interviewed at all these advertising agencies. I thought I wanted to be in advertising. Yeah. The only place that would take me in was this streetwear brand called Tits. <laughs> two in the shirt. And yeah. for those who don't know what what two in the shirt or tits is, is it was a it was a brand that shot porn stars, female porn stars, and like did like like I don't know cheeky clever designs that said like wifey that was like their biggest one, and like put and would they be on the shirt like a photo of them like wearing a bikini, and it like it um it aged super poorly that brand but in 2011 it was the shit and yeah it was actually like really popular like we like everyone knew who we were like that like bobby hundreds like liked us and like we would go to all the trade shows in vegas and whatnot and my job was to design these and my boss uh merrick he's an awesome guy still friends with them he would fly me around the u.s to creative direct the photo shoot so i would creative direct like models like how to pose I'd be like, okay this shirt you're gonna be sitting on a bottle of hennessy so like sit on that stool because i'm gonna photoshop you on hennessy later so it was a fun job for a 24 year old kid yeah that's like uh that's wild i just remember i was just looking at it like what the hell is even going on here because i saw the picture of you designing with like lisa ann in the background or whatever and i was like yeah. what is this one wild. day we had her pretend that she worked at our office. It was like a promo video. Uh, so she's pretending that she's like the boss, like telling me what to do and like fix yeah. that design she's, or whatever. Yeah. She's super awesome. Yeah. That, that, that's interesting to see. Like it's wild, you know, when I hear it's wild and also encouraging when you hear things like seeing how well you're doing, hearing you, say oh i w couldn't even get an internship anywhere that all i could get was with the job with uh, all the porn stars and whatnot and now you have your own brand it's pretty cool well i was really bad like i looked at my portfolio that i sent in uh, that company to get hired recently and i was like holy shit like this is really bad this is really really bad when people begin designing like i don't think that they realize right away you think you're good once you mm -hmm. get photoshop and you start doing like learning like this and learning a little bit of that and you design anything you're just like i'm filthy but <laughs> it it takes a minute for you yeah. to realize that you aren't as good as you think you are yeah you're just a little bit dirty you're not filthy at all <laughs> <laughs> yes dude i remember uh you know just there's like this graph uh, I remember seeing and it's it's really true like it's like I think it was about artists but it was a graph where it was like how experienced you are and like how good you think you are and as you get actually better how good you think you are actually goes down because you're so ignorant you don't even know that you're bad in a way yeah that makes total sense but I, I've looked at some of my stuff and like I still want to get a, a lot better than I am but I remember being so bummed when I first graduated couldn't it's i applied to so many jobs it felt like and then i look at the stuff and i was like well yeah this does why would they have hired me when i who did i think i was applying to these like four to five year experience jobs with this shitty like just college infographics and all whatever i had in my portfolio you know exactly 
What were you? Did you go to um, school in Seattle, or were you just self-taught? Or I went to Washington State University, which is like a small, little college town in Pullman, Washington, and they don't have a design program. They have mm. an advertising program. Oh, I see. Like you have advertising projects and you design it and you kind of like teach yourself. But my wife was going to UW university, university of Washington, and she was in their design program and they're actually like a really good design program. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated and she like pretty much, I would watch her and I just learned from what they taught her. They taught her like Swiss design and like on the grid and everything. Yeah. And only use Helvetica. Cause at that time, like I was actually, I'm not joking. I was using bleeding cowboys, not ironically. <laughs> and then she was like, no fam, like that does not fly. And like, she came back she with the me, like type grid books and shit and threw them on your desk. Like you gotta look at this. Yes. And she would clown on my kerning and we would get in like arguments. I'd be like, no, this is good. And like, she taught me what kerning is and everything. And, so yeah, I learned a lot from her, fortunately. And now you have a company that has the name Kerning in it, so it obviously worked out. Yeah. What What do you have upcoming for Sambergini? Anything exciting or anything you can even talk about or what you're looking forward I to? Do. I have a bunch of new stuff dropping in Zoomies, and then I have, um, and this is another breaking news announcement. I haven't, and I haven't told anyone this except for like my best friends. I have a Nike SB collab coming out. Nice, dude. And it comes out in June fifth, um, and it was actually supposed to already be out. And Zoomies uh, printed like this catalog here, so like I can show you a little preview. It's like a, it's a hoodie, and a, That's a shirt sick. and a hat. And I, I also have a shoe coming out too, but I can't say what shoe it is until it comes out. Yeah. Okay. But it has the shoe has my logo on it and everything. What logo? Or one of my logos. <laughs> that's not actually my logo. It's like it's one that I use. It's like one of my metal logos. That's like it's like a simple like spiky looking metal uh, logo, yeah. but it's legible. It's not like a black metal metal logo where you can't see it. And it looks like a bunch of tree roots, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" It's like a legible metal logo. Yeah. Just like a bold, sharp one, pretty much. Just like an a, like an aggressive yeah. uh, serif or whatever. But that's cool, man. Like that. Uh, yeah. Congrats that on that on that uh, deal. Did did they just? How did that come about? Just pretty much, they approached you, Nike. Dude, I have the craziest luck ever. Like honestly, so the way that one worked is in 2018, I had a art show at a pizza shop called Sizzle Pie in Seattle. And I did like, I don't know, five t-shirt designs and I sold them in like a pizza box and they had one in Portland and that's where the Nike headquarters is in. And, and right. one of the Nike SB execs went to get pizza one day and saw oh, my shirt what? and was like, what is this? And he bought it. It, it was, it said Rambo and it was like Rambo, like popping out of a Lamborghini, like shooting. And then he DM me and he was like, Hey, I work for Nike SB. Like, do you want to come down here and like we'll have a meeting and like let's do a collab and at this time on instagram i had like five thousand followers maybe so like i was just like this is insane like what and yeah i went down to nike and ha like had a meeting like they're like okay what do you want to do and i was just like i don't know like this is crazy <laughs> yeah i can do whatever i want to do 
You're like, I was just at the pizza yeah. art show and now I'm at, at the Portland campus <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. So like my takeaway for people listening to that is like, I would take any opportunity you can because like an, an art show at a pizza shop seems kind of random. Like, why would you say yes to that? But like, also why not? Like you never know who's going to walk into that pizza shop. So yeah. take all those opportunities. That's dope. So does that mean that that took till now to get going? Yeah, because there's a shoe involved in like shoes. Oh yeah. That long to, from like, that's their Nike's timeline. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, they put out like so much shit. I feel like it's probably, they probably have it all, you know, timelined out to like 2030 or whatever, like some crazy shit. Yeah. And that was also stressful cause I, that was pretty towards the beginning of when I started like airbrushing stuff hmm. and, and I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to stick with that style. And then also I had to like kind of predict trends a little bit. Cause like the, it was like a, it's like a 3d metal logo, like chromed out and chrome, 3D metal logos weren't really a thing back then. And, uh, well, you were fucking right yeah. right there, Brad, with the prediction. And now they're popping. So here we yeah. go. Good stuff on that. I mean, it could have backfired, but it, I think Chrome in this, I mean, maybe, uh, even maybe half a year ago, even more, but you couldn't get much more trendy than that, you know, in your prediction. Yes. The Chrome trend is like out of this world. I, on my Instagram, I did a poll. I was like, what? What uh, trend diagram should I do next? Because I do these trend diagrams where I take two trends and I blend them together and uh, just like make a little joke about trends. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was like three people that were like Chrome, 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 Chrome. I love the Chrome though. I'm not hating on it. Yeah, it's become just like a. I feel like every even the people that hate hate on it, it's like they're still doing it half the time too. So it's like whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm, like I, I might make the the trend diagram and then still continue doing some Chrome stuff. Just make the actual diagram Chrome. It takes over the entire uh, Ooh, <laughs> diagram. That would actually look really good. I think I'm gonna have to do that. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah! I just my other trend that I was gonna do, the design trend that is like I see everywhere now that I love and I've done it myself, is the human body outline. Like people love like either whether it's like the brain dead like the profile mm. of the face. Or it's like a meditating dude you know yeah. and it's like that the human body like people designers right now love the human body and if you haven't seen that trend yet you're gonna start seeing it yeah i, I a crumbed out human outline that's dope it, it reminds me of um there was like in like this anime full metal alchemist they have like that shadow figure that's just like a basically a outline of a of a body and like there's a shadow around it and it just looks like um, a inverse of like a mannequin or whatever. The negative space is creating the body and the dust is around it. That sounds really, really cool. Yeah. I'll throw up a picture because I don't even know if I'm doing it justice. It might be the other way around, but, uh, I mean, honestly, it's all I have here pretty much that I wanted to talk to you about for now, but I do want you to, plug uh, all your stuff and just if you have any closing notes for the podcast just throw them out there cool um well first off thank you so much for having me on this is really fun i am a design nerd when it comes down to it and i love talking about design and i don't get to do it often because my only design friend is like dustin my business partner Mm -hmm. um and we get real nerdy with it um 
But yeah, if you're curious what Lamborghini stuff looks like, I'd probably just Google it because you can buy it at like hella different places. But yeah. you can go to Lamborghini.com if you want to look at it there, or if you want to check out some fonts, they're very affordable. They're ten dollars a piece, and half the fonts on our website are free. So that's like forty free fonts at KernClub.com. Dope. You heard it. And if you want to hear more, check out the Patreon. We're going to be doing a Q&A with a couple more stuff with Sam. And uh, thank you again for coming on, man. I appreciate it. And everyone check out Sam Bergini and Current Club. We'll get some free fonts and maybe some t-shirts. And we're looking forward to seeing the Nikes. All right, man. Oh, yeah. Peace out. Peace.